Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications Connect to more. Like the what up, Montana? Nuanas now. Welcome back in. Hope you have an outstanding Friday. Crazy that it's the last Friday of July. I can't even believe it. Time just flies by, man. Buddy, it's almost Christmas. <laughs> I don't know about that. Rajiv Seabrook in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. Missed anything in the first hour of the show. Fun first hour. We talked all about conference realignment and sort of got into a lot of stuff about the wide world of college football. Also talked some Olympics. Also talked some prep sports as well. You can find everything in the podcast which is probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sports Bet Montana. Have you gotten into the sports gambling yet? You got to have money to gamble, son. <laughs> I tell you, I, I got, I, no, man, I got tuition to pay for my son. <laughs> for sure. Got mortgage pay. Not, gambling practice? <laughs> I'm talking about life. You talk about gambling. Well, so every time, so Sean Rainey, our mutual friend and uh, the co-host of this show on Wednesdays, yeah, but Rainey's a big sports gambler he loves mm-hmm. he loves it he's always talking about it on the show though and i'm like bro what happens when your wife's listening like you got two little kids man you can't be telling all your dirty sins to your wife on the live radio show <laughs> You're well it's not trouble. a sin if he's coming if he's no, coming true. clean he's good when he's also good at it so he's not like he's losing money he's very responsible he's doing his small little bets but 
Regardless, it's a slippery slope, man. I want a bunch of money on the NBA playoffs, though. I was excited about that. So you got ten bucks to loan a brother? What's <laughs> up, man? You talk about money. You don't talk about be about it. Best change of uh, spare change. I'll take it. <laughs> I will loan you whatever money you I'm good, might brother. Want. I'm, I am copacetic. So around here on Fridays, we've been talking a lot about fitness, specifically Vertex Fitness. Vertex Fitness, new gym here uh, in town. It's a, uh, the structure is the same. It's a new brand. It's a new new ownership group, but it's a awesome, It's an awesome place. And right now, as our, one of our fine partners in this wonderful city, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they are offering an ESPN special. So anytime between four and seven p.m., just go down there uh, on Friday nights, and you can get yourself a beer for a reduced price. It's a sort of like a happy hour. They'll have a happy hour special, but it's telling you want the ESPN special anytime between four and seven at Vertex Fitness. You might be thinking, wow, why is there a gym with beer? Well, go check it out because first of all, it's a great place to work out, but it's also a great place to chill out too. They have the great true, true. third floor. Uh, Cedar plank. I mean, oh, it's, a, it's, it's a gorgeous. Deck. You can look out all over the, the mountains. and Smells good. They have beer and wine. Mm-hmm. Byron Brewery is there. So go check out Vertex Fitness. Tell them ESPN Radio sent you the ESPN special. From 4 to 7, you're going to get uh, a little discount on whatever beverage, alcoholic beverage, you might want from Vertex Fitness. All right. Well, we have a lot to get to here. So what do you want? You want to start with NFL? You want to start with NBA? I don't know. We do you gonna, want to start with the Olympics? Let's go back. We, let's finish the Olympics. We were just okay, talking let's, about let's, it. Let's, 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 let's finish let's, the Olympics. Let's, let's mind the gap. So I have actually sort of been, uh, my mind has been numbed by this Simone Biles story. I think it's sort of, I'm not going to say a non-story because she is one of the biggest stars in the entire Olympics. What does that say (laughs) right there? It says, leave the girl alone. I totally agree, man. To me, they've just blown up this whole thing. She hurt her ankle. She's had a, an existed ankle injury for most of the last year. Yeah. And did, she you see, did you see her land smack on the middle of her back? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So then she just withdrew to take a little breather. I thought she said too much in the press conference when she was talking about, you know, her lack of confidence, doing this for other people, yada, yada, yada. Right, right. But regardless of that, it's in the heat of the moment. It's Olympic press conference. Okay, it's, you're not going to sit here and just... Uh, skewer her for for just being honest and being candid. For real. But more than anything, she got hurt. She it's got sport. hurt. It's got it's sports. Period. Leave this young sister alone. She also she also took one for the team, acknowledging this is the part of the interview I did like, is that she acknowledged that if she competes, she hurts America's chance to get the medal. Who won it anyway? People get right. hurt. People get hurt. And this is part of the, 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 the ugly side of sports. As much of a sports person and as a coach and how much I love it that I hate because people people forget that they're human. Right. People forget that athletes aren't machines. For sure. People forget that when, when someone hurts their back, they can't just go to Target and get a new vertebrae put in for their sake of entertainment. And, and, and to me, leave the girl alone. Period. I agree. I absolutely agree. And I, I hope that she comes back. If she doesn't, I, oh, it is what it is. She already has established herself as... Cemented. I mean, she is she is the greatest women's gymnast of all time. Period. So, she has nothing left to prove. Nothing left to prove. Leave her alone. And if not for anything else, much like Oklahoma and Texas going, it gives someone else time to shine, and it happened any which way. So, let's go, man. Leave uh, that girl alone. On a more positive note, I am so excited for the beginning track and field love track and field one of my favorite 
sports, period. Definitely my favorite Olympic sport, winter or summer games. I love track and field. Perhaps, I, I would say for me, the, the most must-watch event of a, on the sporting calendar, and this is even above the Super Bowl, above Game 7 of the NBA Finals, above everything, For real? is the men's 100-meter dash final. Shut your mouth. I think it's the coolest thing in sports, man. For real? I think the best thing I have ever seen in sports was the 2008 Beijing Olympics when Usain Bolt ran 9.52. That was ridiculous. And, I mean, sprinting through the, the finish line like Superman. I mean, he's a full... St- Three steps ahead of the competition in a stadium of 180,000 people with billions of people watching around the world. I thought it was the most electric performance I've ever seen, period. And so that I, I, I look so forward to that moment because I just think it, it is the most pure sport. It's the most pure essence of sport. It is 10 seconds. You win or you lose, and that's it. There's not a ref. There's not a foul no call. There's not, there's not no a timeout. Flag. There's not a substitution. There's All right. Nothing. All right. You got 10 dudes lined up who have worked their entire lives for that moment, and one is going to win. So That's it. It's the most amazing 10 okay. seconds in sports. I, I love the men's 100-meter final. I'm going to give you that for, 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 the, for 10 seconds. Outside of the lateral, Cal-Stanford game, 10 seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that, brother. <laughs> Who are some of your favorite Olympic track athletes? Because there's been some very uh, prominent, both men and women, I think probably, I guess, first question. My brother, my mom and I were discussing this the other night. Um, Mama knew? Certain sports cater to making bigger stars when it comes to the Olympics. Oftentimes, we gravitate towards swimmers, men and women. The female gymnasts, for sure, Mm -hmm. especially American female gymnasts. They always always become the darlings of America. Yep. but probably track and field is among, if not. What do you think, though? What, what sport is? I'm, I'm going to put women's start? soccer. Women's soccer for sure. You going to give me that one, bro? hundred percent. There it is. I'm going to say I mean, women's I, soccer. I would actually argue that probably the United States women's national team is probably the most prominent women's sports team in this country, right? Until everyone starts watching UConn, absolutely, sure, right, absolutely, right. yeah. Outside of UConn basketball, I would say yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, do you th- which sport though do you think makes the greatest stars? Maybe, I think it probably still has to be women's gymnastics. So, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna agree. Yes, because it, it. I wish it would happen in track, right? For female athletes sure, in particular, sure, sure, right? But it doesn't, and right. it, it, which is crazy because of how many different activities within. But yes, I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna give you that. That's actually a really good point too. I I think that it it should be more for women's track. Because, I mean, Nastia Lukin and Gabby Douglas and Simone Biles and, you know, Michaela Schifron, these Allie Raisman, these, these gymnasts are awesome. They're, right. they're unforgettable. But especially because of the longevity of it all. I mean, True. Allison Felix, is, this is her fourth Olympics. Right. That is amazing. Right. Sydney McLaughlin is going to be in four Olympics by the time it's all said and done because she's already in her second. She's only 20. True. So I just, think, I just wish those girls were made into bigger stars. Cause I agree. Like right now, man on the street... You walking down, everybody knows Simone Biles. I bet you very few know who Sydney McLaughlin is. You know what I mean? Yeah, sadly, yeah. sadly, sadly. Yeah, it's it, it's it's uh, the only parallel that I can have with that to 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 strengthen and give credence to your words would be switching it to the Winter Olympics would be figure skating. Figure skating is a good one for sure. That would be that would be my only other polarizing comparison and an Olympic sport and uh, uh, you know nonetheless. So yeah, inter- interesting. You actually have my. I'm having a hard time focusing. I'm thinking about uh, that. That's a great question. And that's why you have so many awards behind you because you're smart. <laughs> you're smart. Duanas now. One or two. Ideas. Pierre Missoula. Rajim Seabrook. Joining hey. me. Coulter Duanas in studio.
Um, your favorite then track and field athletes. Who do you remember the most or who brings you the fondest memories? Well, the, honestly, the one, <clears throat> pardon me, the ones growing up that I remember the most were uh, Jackie Joyner, Kersey, yep. Flojo, sure. For and, sure. and Carl. But the ones who, my favorite historically because of their historic value, not only to the games, but society and culture, Jesse Owens. Absolutely. Which was phenomenal because it was one of the few times um, my grandfather said in his life, that on television, a black man got his due. For sure. was due to Jesse Owens. And yep. for my grandfather to say that, that's that was a very, like, oh, snap moment for and me we, as a young man. And the time and place, too. I mean, this totally. is just pre- totally. right before the, the breakout of World War II. You're in Germany. I mean, Hitler is sitting there watching. Watching. And you're dominating. I mean, Smoking them. We're talking about the mental health of athletes and, and uh, all these things and the pressure and stuff like that. Bro. Pressure? Like, that is the most pressure that has ever existed, right? Yeah. I mean, this dude's sitting here thinking, man, it doesn't matter. I might I might get murdered if, no matter what happens. I'm in sitting race. in Nazi Germany competing. Unreal. 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 To go get four gold medals. I mean, it's one of the great performances in the history of In the of history sport. of sports. Yes, and then no question. Uh, the other two of the other greatest performance histories of sport uh, were uh, Tommy Smith and John Carlos. Like, uh, the first time the 200 was broken in a sub-20 um, by John Carlos. And then the, the next, uh, the third uh, fastest was then, uh, actually, it was Tommy Smith, who was the first. And then sure. John Carlos, who was the third fastest. And they won gold and bronze, respectively. Right. Also famous for... for, for uh, the black power sign on the podium, like just shocking the world. Shocked the world. Um, and, and, and in 1968, America was on fire um, in so many different pockets. And to stand up on the podium after being, the, you know, at that time, the most dominant track athletes who were also later to become CFL and NFL players, um, to, to sit up there and represent despite the animosity and vitriol and uh, uh, toxins that they were going to get once they stepped back into America said a lot about that. And historically, those are my three favorite. I'm going to get you my HBO login so you can watch. There's this documentary about the 1968 Olympics as a whole. First of all, what a crazy time in the world. Period. At that, <laughs> in that moment, going to Mexico City when Mexico City had first sort of exploded into I'll call it like a second world city. It, it sort of made it so that Mexico was no longer considered a third world country there. Right. You know, there's all sorts of political stuff going on. Mexico City is, you know, 7,000 feet above sea level. There's all sorts of different factors here. But then you talk about the civil rights movement that's going on in America, the the sort of uh, beginnings of the stokings of the Cold War, the Cold War f- flames and yeah the murder of the kennedys the murder of malcolm and the, martin the, like the, stuff the, which is crazy the rise, of the rise of the black panthers the, yeah stonewall like everything, everything everything but among the most tremendous moments and first of all i was researching this team because uh, his name escapes me right now but there was a sprinter from livingston montana who actually died this year who was on that 1968 team he ran in that 200 meters with those guys a dude from livingston how crazy is that but um, perhaps the coolest moment of that Olympics and one of the great videos that is on YouTube is the video of the jump of the century by Bob Beeman. At that moment, the long jump record was somewhere around 27 feet. You're in Mexico City, so the measurements are all metric. Bob Beeman goes out and he smashes a jump and almost jumps out of the back of the pit. And he's wandering around. You can tell he's totally high on adrenaline. He knows it's a big jump, but he doesn't know how big. They flash the number up on the screen, but it's in metrics. 
And so he doesn't know what's going on. So he's sort of just high on adrenaline. He's wandering around. And then someone comes up to him and says, bro, like 8.4 meters is like 29 feet, 2 inches. You just broke the world record by 28 inches. And the dude just faints. Bob Beeman just faints when he finds out. But, I mean, to break a world record by a couple inches is unbelievable. To break a world record by, by almost two, three feet. Yeah, by almost three feet, man. Go Google Bob Beeman Jump of the Century on That's YouTube. Three of these. That's what I'm saying, That's dude. Like, two and a half of those, <laughs> rather. Unbelievable, dude. One of the one of the craziest moments in one of the craziest Olympics of all time. So I love that. I love those lists of great Olympians. My favorite track people. Um, love Florence Griffith Joyner. Love Jackie Joyner Kersey. Flo Joe, baby. They're both awesome. Um I, I, I love Allison Felix. If Allison Felix can f- come up with a way to get a medal in this Olympics, she will be the first Olympian in track and field to ever win 10 medals. She will surpass Carl Lewis. Imagine that. that you, I thought that was an unbreakable record. Buddy, this is, this is I'm going to plant the seed as, the, you know, the possible brainchild, but maybe you and Sean Rainey should do like a mini doc on someone like Felix and people of that, their nature and sure. Here are these phenomenal athletes who get no shine, no Subway sandwich endorsements, no cool Nike shoes, but yet just represent, like, I, I in, in this age of binge-watching and how popular docu-series are right now, yep. I'm just saying, I planted a seed. It's, it's a good one, for sure. There it is. Uh, in men's track and field, a couple of my favorites. Donovan Bailey, probably the greatest Canadian Yeah, I was going to say, the best of the time. best right there. All of the Jamaicans, I mean, the, that, that crew from Kingston, Jamaica, Johan Blake, Asafa Powell, and, of course, Usain Bolt. Unbelievable. Not even fair. Uh, side note, The Sports Gene by David Epstein. I'm going to let you borrow this book. It's amazing. It's all about um, culture and place of origin and genetics through the lens of race, but also DNA and just sort of all of the factors that create some of these things that we know to be true, but we really don't know why. In other words, why does a Kenyan win the Boston Marathon every single year? Right. Why are the Kenyans the greatest distance runners of all time? Well, it, part of it has to do with your genetics, but that's honed through basically, quote-unquote, breeding to survive in the area well, that you're living in, right? And, and it, uh, that's funny because I'm having this conversation at work under a different guise of sure. um, trying to get people back to, like, uh, getting BIPOC people back to farming their food right. for their bodies. Right. Because it's your ancestral, it's map. Your ancestral map. Like, in this time, and how I'm going to segue this back into what you're saying is if you are, quote, unquote, bred and you are, you drink certain types of water, you eat certain types of fruit, and you are that way your body responds differently than, say, like the American diet where it's oh, like, no question. I'm thinking about going here after hitting up B-dubs real quick, which is, you know, what is it going to do for my body? Nothing. But if I go out and I, you know, go get some wild onions, a couple of huckleberries because this is where it's grown, it's going to treat my body differently. So I'm interested in the sport human race genome and how that all plays into 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 a very interesting and sometimes scary X factor. No question. It is, it's, it's as simple as... In Kenya, everybody, you're you're mostly growing up in the mountains. The way that you high elevation, the way that you transport almost everything, particularly water, is via running. And so, everybody in your culture is running all the time, weighted down. And so now, all of a sudden, you're continuing to to build this exceptional endurance because mm-hmm. of the factors of your point of origin, how high the elevation is, but also just the cultural elements of it. This all then brings me to say that I find this absolutely fascinating. 
three of the eight fastest men in the world, Usain Bolt, Asaf Appel, and Johan Blake, all three guys that have run under sub-9-8 seconds. That's only, I think, six guys have ever done that ever, including Bolt, who has an unbreakable record, in my opinion, in the 100 meters. Good luck. They are better all, have four legs and a bait in your mouth. They are all not only from the same country, mm-hmm. Jamaica. They're not only from the same town in Kingston. Mm-hmm. They're from the same neighborhood. Neighborhood, yeah. You can trace all of their grandfathers and grandmothers and great-grandfathers and great-grandmothers to the same little three-block area. That's how cultivated that specific genome for the sports gene was. And you, I think you'll find this book absolutely fascinating. Bring it, brother. You it, know it. It addresses so many different elements, right? Bring, Nature versus it. nurture, DNA, genetics, how race plays into or is affected by. Diet, socialization. For sure. Like, it all plays a role. I love it. Let's go. So yeah, I, I must mention all those guys, but then probably my favorite Olympian... And this is probably place and time more than any other factor. The first Olympics I remember vividly. And this is going to be interesting for you because you have a nine-year-old son. And I, I sort of believe that around eight or nine is when you can fully, you know what sports are and stuff, mm-hmm. but you can fully start, like, absorbing it. Like you, Absolutely. You know what's going on. You know yeah. the stats. Like yeah. you, can, you can look up the standings. He's, and that's exactly where my nine-year-old's at. Yeah, he's he, like, Dad, this guy went to college and he went to high school here and he's 6'1", 237 right. pounds. Yeah, he, he could tell you, like, the Boston yeah. Celtics have a two-game lead against totally. the Brooklyn Nets. Like, he totally can get that now. Me too. I just want to pay cell phone bills. <laughs> right. When I was nine, that was when the 96 Olympics were in Atlanta. And so this, uh, that was the first Olympics I really remember okay. consuming and watching. Okay. The star of those Olympics was Mr. Golden Mo- Shoes himself, Michael Johnson. I mean, that 200 meters, 19-1-9, I never forget it. it was and that one of the, smile. The smile, the, smile, the chain, yep. the golden shoes. I mean, man. What I mean, what an absolute awesome moment that was! Yeah. And so he remains my favorite track and field athlete. Yeah, that was a, that was a good moment. It was uh, just what I liked about him in in the explosion of athletes at that time when ego sometimes surpassed talent level. Yeah, this guy was the total opposite. Totally, like talent held ego in check for sure. And it was just it was it was a a, a cool reminder, and that was something that um, my my dad noted on was. That's the kind of person you want to emulate. For sure. And and and, and uh, it, it's funny because as you can see, I'm kind of blanking off into space just because I'm, I'm kind of reliving that moment and I can still see it vividly. Like there's just certain things. I can mm-hmm. see the chain. I can see this. And that's the smile more than anything else, man. And to do it on American soil, like in Atlanta. In Atlanta. Atlanta hot Atlanta. Man. I mean, yeah, it's awesome. It's good and, stuff. And it was right after they had the bomb scare too. Yeah. So it was like this moment of reigniting the Olympics and totally. putting people's fears to totally. rest. and. Super cool, man. The Olympics are so awesome. I think they reveal everything that we love about sports, culture, society, all of the above. Rajim Seabrook in Let's studio go. with me, Coulter Nuanas. It's Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. We're just all over the place today because that's what we like to do. We're going to go back to what we were going to lead with, and that is around the wide world of sports. So we're going to talk NBA Finals, Whoop. NBA Draft, yep. NFL, quarterbacks, Rajim's five questions about the NFL, and much more. Keep it right here. Nuanas now on a Friday. 1029 ESPN Missoula. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. 
Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Baseball is on center stage on multiple levels around Montana this weekend. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. The American Legion State AA Baseball Tournament is underway in Great Falls. The Billings Royals enter the tournament as the favorite and riding a 20-game winning streak that helped earn the squad a first-round bye. In the first set of games Wednesday, the Billings Scarlets posted a 3-1 win over the Kalispell Lakers. The Helena Senators made short work of the Bozeman Bucks in a 10-0 win, and the Missoula Mavericks defeated the Great Falls Voyagers 7-3. Thursday, Helena stayed hot, sending 10 hitters to the plate in a six-run first inning on the way to an 11-5 win over the Mavs. In their first game of the tournament, the Royals pushed their winning streak to 21 games with a 2-0 win over the Scarlets, and the Bucks, who are the two-time defending state champions, staved off elimination with a 6-4 win over Great Falls. Friday's slate features Bozeman taking on the Scarlets at 1 p.m., the Lakers and the Mavs face off in an elimination game at 4 p.m., and the Senators take on the Royals in a class of the state's two hottest teams at 7 p.m. For results of Friday's first two games, tune in to Nuwana now today at four. And finally, in minor league baseball, the Missoula Powerheads bounced back from Wednesday's home loss to Grand Junction to post a 7-1 win over the Rockies on Thursday night. Let's go. I'm not buying your ticket, but I think there's some left. Meet me at the Kellhouse Amphitheater tonight. St. Paul and the Broken Bones. My first concert in, I can't even remember how long. I'm trying to think of the last show I went to. Obviously, it's been years, literally years because of the pandemic. At least two. This is my uh, debut of the summer. So, certainly one of my favorite parts about working here at Missoula Broadcasting Company because you're just so in the loop about everything that's going on and, uh, you know, if you're not quite as familiar with a band, you can learn real quick. So all you got to do is listen to the trail. They'll be blowing it up all week. So I'm so excited to head out to Kettle House tonight, and uh, maybe I'll see you there as well. It's Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. Thanks to main man Tommy in the back for playing all the good jams here on a Friday. Rajim Seabrook in the studio with me, Colter Nuanas, as he does each and every Friday. Let's go. It's time to go around the wide world of sports. Quickly, uh, we don't have to spend too much time analyzing it. I just wanted to get your take because I know that uh, you followed the NBA playoffs heavily and uh, the NBA Finals. 
comes to a peak with uh, the Phoenix Suns blowing a 2-0 lead. The Milwaukee Bucks fully taking control of the series and then just flushing the Suns. And uh, two of the most amazing plays in the history of the NBA Finals by Giannis Antetokounmpo. Two of the most amazing, I mean, probably one of the most amazing performances. I mean, a 50-burger in Game 6 to win at home. It's pretty hard to beat. It's also pretty hard to beat. I forget if it was 48% or 52% of his team's points right. for the entire finals. Like, talk about a young man who played possessed, put a team on his back, battled back from injuries throughout the playoffs, small market, and here they stand. I was rooting for him the whole way. Let's go. I just think that Giannis Antetokounmpo represents all that is good in sports. Agreed. I mean, he comes from... Not even a humble background is a demeaning way to say it for him. He comes from nothing. Less. I mean, the young man was nothing. he was young man was homeless at one point in his life. He was stealing to basically get by as a child. You know that's that's tough. That's a tough one to navigate. But he comes all the way up, rises through the ranks. One of the great diamonds in the rough ever. A kid that the Bucks took a huge risk on when they drafted him number fifteen overall. He's basically turned that draft on its head. He's no question the best player from that draft, and. Uh, I mean, he's no question one of the best players in the NBA. I thought his – it's not just the, the points and the skill and the athleticism. His indomitable will is, is his best trait. He, he, you cannot break him. And I think that's so amazing. Even when he's shooting his free throws bad and stuff, he still keeps coming. His motor is so unbelievably high. I just, I just think he's such a great example to young athletes because he is just such a – strong-willed and resilient individual. Can I add on to that branch that you speak of in, uh, in the vein for this man? What I also like is he does it very humbly. He doesn't, he, he, he's not an angry guy. He's not a, a venomous person. Um, he's very kind. He's very soft-spoken. And he does it without all the, the, the bravado and swagger that a lot of today's athletes have. Like he's, he, 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 it's, it doesn't add to his game. For sure. If anything, it takes away from sometimes people as persons and because the persona is so big. And that's what I like about this guy. So that, that's my open-ended question for you then on this. Proceed, brother. The So many of the superstars in the NBA right now are unbelievable personalities, but also um, mostly volatile, mm-hmm. a lot of times abrasive, mm-hmm. insecure, play with a chip on their shoulders, mm-hmm. dramatic. And the two guys in the league that are sort of absolved from that, that are sort of outside of that, are Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo. I personally do not believe it's a coincidence that Damian Lillard was not a AAU circuit five-star recruit, you know, North Carolina playing on primetime TV, has a shoe deal when he's 17 years old. Instead, he's playing in the Big Sky Conference, humble beginnings, Mm -hmm. didn't have the exposure, was not a darling of the media when he was 17 years old, Mm -hmm. and Giannis wasn't either. I don't think it's a coincidence, but what do you think of that dynamic? Because with the exception of maybe LeBron, and a lot of people would argue LeBron James, too, has some of these same afflictions, but everybody else, they just seem so awash. Steph Curry is pretty steady, too, but some of these other superstars seem so awash in their own narcissism, and uh, it, it seems like they're almost like spoiled children, right? And you wonder what... Petulant. They, yeah, you wonder how the, the, the upbringing sort of influenced them. When you treat babies like young adults... What do you expect them to be? When you True. treat a young adult like they're a seasoned man, what are you going to get? True. And when you treat a man or a woman like they're a god or goddess, what do you think happens? Mm-hmm. The narcissism is created. I don't think people are inherently born narcissists. 
it's created by the environment around you, the stressors, the, the, the PTSDs, the people that are narcissistic themselves. So now you, 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 you get to a situation like this. Some of these guys are so beyond themselves because at the end of the day, that's all they have at the same time, Coulter. Like that's, that's what got them to where they are. So they're never going to let that go or relinquish that. Giannis is the total invert opposite of that. Like what a, what a great, um, my son wears his sneakers cause he likes them. Right. He's like, oh, yeah. dad, he's always smiling. I'm like, yeah, I know that. Cause he's, he's happy. He's not angry. He's not sour. He's not dour. And what a, what a great model for him to have. And I think that it's, it's, it's time for a turn of that. Like we need to come out of the backside of that. That's, you know, some of those realms of toxic masculinity in sports. Giannis is the, uh, is the anti Darth Vader in that, in that realm. Juan is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television, Rajim Seabrook in studio with me, Colter Nuwana. Speaking of the NBA, NBA draft was last night. We gave you a full preview of that. Uh, Andrew Houghton, new contributor here at uh, ESPN Missoula, as well as SkylineSportsMT.com. He uh, swung by to talk some of the prospects and, and some of the projections for this NBA draft. We also heard from Chris Cobb, University of Montana associate head coach, mm-hmm. because the Grizz played USC, who featured Evan Mobley, uh, earlier on uh, at the beginning of last s- season. So, uh, last night, not a real surprise when Cade Cunningham went number one of the Detroit Pistons. Not a real surprise, but a, a impactful moment for the NBA as Jalen Green went number two to the Rockets. That's impactful because he was one of these first guys that skipped the college route. He was playing in the G League Ignite, which is this G League super team that uh, some of the top prospects played for. So, for him to do- go that route and then be the number two pick, I think it shows a new path that the prospects could walk. Evan Mobley went three to the Cavs, as expected. First real surprise, Scotty Barnes, who was definitely a projected top 10 pick, but he went number four to the Raptors. So that, he's from Florida State. He's a nice uh, stretch. Stretch three. Forward. Stretch, yeah, stretch four. Yeah, stretch three, stretch four. But he's got a good body. He's got a good shooting stroke. He can score. But a lot of people thought Jalen Suggs would be fourth. But instead, Suggs falls to the Magic at fifth, which I really like. I don't know how the Magic are going to become relevant again, but Suggs, a good player and uh, a guy that... Um, should make an impact. A couple other guys that maybe were surprises in terms of where they went. Chris Duarte went 13th to the Pacers. He was now projected as a lottery pick. He's out of Oregon, but he was projected as a first-round pick, so not that big of a stretch as the last pick in the lottery. Moses Moody from Arkansas, he was projected as a top-eight guy. He fell all the way to the Warriors at 14. That's a good get for the Warriors. I was actually surprised, though, that the Warriors passed on the guy who went 15th. That's Corey Kispert from Gonzaga. He balls to the Wizards. I thought that Kispert would be perfect fit for the Golden State Warriors because of his ability to shoot, his ability to guard. So that was an interesting one as well. Do you keep, did you keep up with the draft much last night? Are you much of an NBA draft guy? I, you know, yes and no. I'm more of an NFL draft guy sure. than an NBA draft guy because to me, the NBA is, is you get a second round draft guy that has a 15 year career and a first round draft pick that has a two year career. Right. It's 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 not as consistently consistent as say the NFL is. Um, I watch it to see where certain guys fall on certain teams. Um, I was just more concerned with the the trade that happened more than the you know, the, the, the the draft happened. But I knew that the bubblings of, of speaking going back to Dame Dash um, of him getting traded, you know, in addition to Russell Westbrook being thrown out there, and then all of a sudden, what took place 14 hours ago took place and kind of has overtaken my. Um, Love for the NBA draft away because of how now the Lakers has become yet another super team, which kind of makes me want to Ralph. So take me through this. I guess I must have missed. So what are you referencing? Well, who got traded last night? Because I was. Buddy, uh, did you not hear about the Westbrook trade? No, tell me. 
Russell Westbrook got traded to who? The Lakers, man. Whoa. Yeah, look it up. How did I not hear this? I don't wow. Know. ESPN guy. I do this professionally. My, I, I, my, I get yelled at all the time by my family for being on Twitter all the time, too. <laughs> That's amazing that I missed that because I was tracking this a little bit um, last night. So, Russell Westbrook in exchange for Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, Contavious Caldwell Pope, and the number 22 pick. You want to know the number one reason I didn't hear about this? Do you see my look of baffle? Like, how did you not know this? You want to know my number one reason I didn't hear about this? Why? Because my brother, my my, uh, on-the-street reporter who tells me literally everything, he's at the lake right now. Gotcha. He's, he's up at Sealy, so he had no your, service. Your inside dude. Yeah, and the dude who always calls me, what's up with Westbrook? He would have called me for sure and said something. Man. Okay. He didn't. I can't believe I'm admitting this on live radio. Regardless, I hate that trade. What? What is that trade? What, it's, dude, it's, LeBron's going to be pissed by December. Dude, that is such a bad fit. I love Russell Westbrook. In so fact, do I. He plays with so much effort. I love his ferocity. I love his competitiveness. He's Bad brutal fit. to watch, and they are so beautiful to watch right now. Well, I guess that's not true. When Anthony Davis was out there, horrible to watch, but pretty bad. But LeBron and Anthony Davis, I think I think Anthony Davis is the best compliment to LeBron that he's ever had in his career. He's not better than Dwayne Wade, but he's more complimentary to LeBron. So I'll agree with that. Adding Russell Westbrook to dribble the ball flat, I mean, how is that going to even work? LeBron, LeBron has to play on the ball. LeBron's the point guard. He's the best passer in the league. So how are you going to get the ISO bulldog going down? Oh man, dude, I, I don't. Hate I hate it. it. The only thing that I think makes sense is the amount of butts that are going to be filled in the seats. Well, he is from and Inglewood. He, he's and from he's Inglewood, an LA so, guy. Yeah. Like he's coming home of yeah. sorts. He's so, from Inglewood. He went to UCLA. Yep, totally. So like from a business standpoint, like. Well, and I'm it not, makes sense. I'm not mad about getting rid of Kyle Kuzma or Montrez Harrell, Contavious Caldwell Pope. I thought Montrez Harrell was the the latest and greatest example of what I've always professed about LeBron James. When LeBron James does not respect your basketball IQ on one or both sides of the court, it is over for you. It doesn't matter if you're a great bench ISO scorer like Montrez Harrell who can, who can score 16, 18 points a game in reserve duty. If you cannot rotate defensively, if you cannot communicate, if you can't listen to LeBron James as he sort of orchestrates traffic, it's over, man. LeBron is not, he is not about that. So I think that getting rid of Montrez Harrell, even though... You know, fancy basketball nerds might say, oh, he's one of the better bench scorers in the league. He can't play defense, and so LeBron's just going to be furious at you all the time. He's not going to give you the ball. Nothing is working out well. So I'm actually not mad that the Lakers got rid of any of those guys. I just don't like the fit with LeBron James and Russell Westbrook together. I I don't. I just don't. I don't see the chemistry coming between those three. Yeah. You know, I could see Russell and, and, and Anthony. I could see... Obviously, Anthony and LeBron, but I don't see the three of them together. Like I don't, I don't even see Westbrook and LeBron minus Anthony Davis. Like it's just, I don't get it, man. It's it's an interesting move from a business standpoint. I get it; it's solid, but from a team chemistry standpoint, I'm not sure the peanut butter and the pickle work. Nuanas now 1029 ESPN Missoula. Rajim Seabrook joining me. Hey, Coulter Nuanas in studio. It's Northwest Motorsports Studio. Go visit nwmsrocks.com to check out the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. I just can't get over that. Buddy, I'm like, I'm still, I think we're both in different forms of shock. Like, the fact that you just found out and the fact I'm sitting here, you know what it is? I need to fire your brother. He's still, I don't care. He's not doing (laughs) his job. First vacay in several years. I actually had a wonderful night last night as well. I went on a, uh, I went out for a one-on-one 
hangout session with my brother's wife, who has always been one of my best friends. We were best friends before they even started dating, but I had not been just the two of us in five years since she's had kids. So uh, that was wonderful. It was awesome spending time with her and just, Good, getting, just getting some one-on-one time. But that, that's all brings me to say is I think that the one of the things that drives me the most crazy about the NBA and sort of misperceptions of NBA fans is so many people think NBA the NBA teams and roster construction is just like building a 2K dynasty. It's not. Just because you have a bunch of good players, if they don't go with each other, Brooklyn Nets, you're a disaster. And the number one factor here is does the strength of your game require you to play on the ball or not? If you have multiple of those guys, that means when this dude has the ball, the other dude doesn't have the ball. So, therefore, he is a worse version of himself. James Harden not having the ball in his hands is dumb. If, but Kyrie Irving has to have the ball in his hands. He does. So, this is why I'm saying I think that the, the next trend in the NBA is going to be the value of guys like Jamal Murray, Devin Booker. This is why Steph Curry is one of the best ever, because he can play on the ball and off the, off ball. the ball. Clay Thompson. If you can play off the ball and still be a 25-point, Bradley Beal even. Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. If you can play off the ball, though, and still be a, a dynamic scorer, that's the future of the league, because I do think that teams are going to finally soon realize that getting a bunch of ISO guys together isn't going to work. Well, I think I think Phoenix and Milwaukee are the, are the, new, are the new blueprints to go sure, off of that. Sure. Like, Good team basketball. Uh, Atlanta Atlanta has a smidge of that. They do. I don't think they're mature enough just yet. But there's as- <clears throat> aspects of that of going back to if everyone does their one-fifth, we're going to win. And we don't need three guys to do four-fifths. Get what I'm saying? For sure. There it is. Roster construction, one of the most important factors in the NBA. Nuanas now out of the NBA. Into the NFL, take you into your weekend. The last Friday in July, I can't believe it. But you're going to enjoy yourself, I promise you. Keep it right here, Nuanas. Now, as we take you home here on a Friday night. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. a prolific and unforgettable career like the godfather of soul James Brown and yet somehow some way still be underrated like he 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 gets his due when you bring him up but like how are we not just saying that this dude is one of the, I mean he when you think about it and you really 
to articulate it. He is one of the greatest entertainers of all time. I just don't know why he's not on the tip of your tongue all the time. Well, you know, a couple of car chases through the state of Georgia, okay. a couple of cocaine-induced okay. incidents okay. might, you know, kind of tarnish one's image and make it, you know, hesitant to want to bring up in conversation. Just saying. Hey, it's okay, man. Uh, what? At the end of the day, man... Still funky. Dude, so still funky. The, still and the king of soul. Some of the craziest people in the world are the most talented, and vice versa. Some of the most talented people in the world are the ones with the, the most demons. It that happens, true. man. That is true, man. I'm not going to deny that. I mean, genius comes from pain, right? I, I love you, man. It's true, though, man. That's what I worry about so much with people and kids and, and being on their iPads and stuff. Like, being bored... Being, a choice. being afflicted by uh, ghosts is a good thing, man. Mm. It will, it will, it will, it will spark genius within your mind. I promise. Nuana is now 102.9 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television, musings with Rajim Seabrook, but also a little sports as well. A so I, one last thing, I, I, I know I got your, I know you said about Simone Biles, cut and dry, leave her alone. Leave her alone. I get it, but. Um, just from a mental perspective, what do you think of just this overall dynamic right now of what's going on in sports? There's, it's this, it's this dichotomy. I think it's a great conversation. On one hand, we understand mental health stuff better than we ever have before. I think athletes are tapping into their mental health, working on their mental health, all those things mm-hmm. at a higher level than ever. I think that's a good thing. Agreed. Also, though, I think that this is turning into sort of a crutch where athletes are saying... You know, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that because I'm respecting my mental health. I'm not pinning this specifically on Simone Biles, but like Naomi Osaka has this saga going on as well, where she didn't want to do media before the French Open. She said it was a distraction. I mean, if that's what she says and she's an elite athlete, you have to believe her. But I just wonder, I guess this is just about an extension of what the conversation we were just having. Pressure makes diamonds. Like what the, the pressure that you're under being able to endure through that is, is a part of it. That that's what makes great athletes. Also though, Sort of being able to channel the demons in your mind, being able to channel the mental illness is also what makes some of the greatest athletes in the world. Like Tiger Woods is not normal. No. Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant are not normal. Or healthy. Exactly, but they found a healthy outlet for it. Exactly. Right? So, with, with you know, just to, to, to expand upon what you're saying, also people are knowing their limits. Like if they're saying I can't do this in order for me to be True. at the top of my game or the best that I can be, like respect that. I would love um for say five of our listeners right now to be interviewed 30 minutes hardcore every day right before going to work and then you're just supposed to perform and you're going to yeah, have to do right. that at 5:30 right as you get off right before you're supposed to go home, right before you're supposed to go to the post office totally. and now you got to Perform, perform, perform. And that's anxiety That's anxiety inducing just thinking about it and saying it. And I'm not even on the other side of that camera or a microphone. Right. So if you are in a performance-based situation, like the pressures, like you say, create diamonds, the expectations, you do have those media obligations. But if there's a way to put boundaries out there in a very boundaryless world right now, so be it. Which is why I go back to this young lady. Leave her the heck alone. Like, Stop. Just stop it. Mr. Thing in the show, Rajim Seabrook in studio with me, Coulter Nuwana. This has been an outstanding show. We talked NBA Finals, NBA Draft, the blockbuster trade with Russell Westbrook to the Los Angeles Lakers. We talked Olympics. We talked Class AA Legion Baseball. We talked about realignment of conferences. Texas and Oklahoma headed to the, headed to the SEC and also talked 
a lot about pop culture, mental health, and all the other great things that Rajin brings to this show. I know you had thank your, you, sir. I know you had your five uh, NFL questions. We're going to save those till next Friday. So uh, that's a Boom. tease for next Friday, either four or five o'clock. One of the long segments on Nuanas now will be Rajim's five big questions out of the NFL. Let's talk quickly though about Aaron Rodgers and and uh, sort of the ongoing saga that it is in Green Bay. As of uh, yes, uh, yeah, right. Uh, I'm sorry, that was a really exaggerated yawn. Sorry. <laughs> well, I've been meaning to make this point forever. The notion that a, a quarterback who is a legendary quarterback in the face of a franchise retires with said franchise is actually almost an, a full anomaly. Terry Bradshaw is really the only multiple-time winning quarterback that was with his franchise that then retired with said franchise. Jim Kelly obviously didn't win a Super Bowl, but he... Uh, was the face of the Buffalo Bills, and he retired with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Dan Marino yeah. with the with the Dolphins, for sure. But for every one of those, I mean, people forget, Johnny Unitas played for the San Diego Chargers after True. after the he left Baltimore with the Colts. Joe Namath left the New York Jets once upon a time, and Ken Stabler left the Oakland Raiders. Joe Montana left the San Francisco 49ers. To the Chiefs. Leonard Marshall did it to him. Warren Moon left the Houston Oilers to go to the Vikings. Kurt Warner left the Rams, ended up in Arizona. Peyton Manning left the Colts, ended up in Denver. And even the GOAT, Tom Brady, once upon a time, got divorced from his team. Now he's with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to say the last two Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks that will... One that has retired with his team of origin and one that will retire with his team of origin will be Ben Roethlisberger yep. and Eli Manning. Yep. Um, the only and, Drew, and Drew Brees. And Drew Brees, yep. who have recently retired. The only other person that I can see retiring with a ring that might retire with his original team going forward would be possibly Russell Wilson. What about Patrick Mahomes? They're not going to let him get away. Well, well, out no. Of Kansas. no, and no one's going to be able to afford him exactly. if he wants out, so that's kind of a exactly. moot point. Wilson, though, is interesting because I sort of want to believe that, but I also sort of don't. I don't believe it. I don't think he'll end his career in Seattle at all. Russell Wilson is going to find a way to make his way to Las Vegas, I think. You think? Because of his wife. Because Sierra, Sierra. Could, Sierra could have a show on the strips. You wouldn't ever have to tour. All you're doing is performing for three hours a night. And, I mean, those people that have the... the Standing shows? They're making more money than is, po- is possible, man. Bank. I mean, you're, 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 you have the ability then to do 20 times as many shows as you would during a normal year because you're not on a bus or a plane yeah, or whatever. And you're saving money by not traveling. You, the and money's you, coming to you. And you could be healthy, too, because you could just, like, live a normal life go instead home. of living on the road. Just go home. Exactly. Go home. It's like having just a normal night shift at the casino or whatever. It's uh, yeah, it's totally fascinating. So I think because of Sierra's entertainment ties, I think that Russell Wilson will eventually make his way to the Raiders. The Raiders. We'll see, man. I don't like him in black and silver. I will say that. Well, his personality too is about the opposite of what the Raiders bravado has always been. I agree. I agree. It's Friday, brother. You yawn though. So tell me your though your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers because here's my thing is. Like you said, if you keep giving somebody a platform, they're going to keep talking. For real. I think this is all tactful, though. I think Aaron Rodgers is agreeing and even seeking out every interview he possibly can to continue to say the same story or a different story every day, whatever, because I think he's setting himself up for his next chapter. I I think he's trying to be a media guy. I think he is, too, but at the rate he's doing it and annihilating aspects of himself, people may not want to be around that. For sure. Like you, 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 I understand he's trying to talk himself out of a situation, but you're also talking yourself into situations that aren't the healthiest or conducive to your well being. So, um, the, the, the problem with American society, though, is being appealing. Uh, 
doesn't necessarily mean that you're savory or good. In other words, true. Aaron Rodgers has already established himself. He's one of the few guys that's actually a pop culture star, too, mm-hmm. right? Because he dates celebrities. He dates famous women. He's on sidelines at basketball you know, games. Like ma- He's a face. Males and females that have no interest in sports still know about Aaron Rodgers because of his social totally. life and because of his, you know, maybe, maybe going to be on Jeopardy and his brother's on The Bachelor and yada, yada, yada. So... Because of that, the more exposure Aaron Rodgers can get, I think the better it is for him in the future, even if he is sort of shooting himself in the foot in social or in football circles, excuse me, right, right now. Right, right. Well, we'll see, man. I just I just think do what you're gonna do. Stop dragging yourself and others through the mud and man up. Like we know what you want, we know what you asked for. Let's you know, go go back to work. I don't need to know about that. You ain't paying my taxes, homeboy. Next. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. It is just so frustrating, too, though, because I was actually talking, I was with Marty Morningweg yesterday for a little while, and Coach Morningweg, obviously, longtime NFL offensive coordinator, uh, coach guys like Steve Young, Brett Favre, Don McNabb. Smart mind. You know the list. Some exciting news for a collaboration with Marty coming up as well, so uh, we will let you know about that. Ooh, I want to hear. I want to hear. Yeah, we're going to let you know about that here pretty soon. We'll have an official announcement for you probably next week. But I just have a card I want him to sign. I have a Marty Morningwood uh, tops card. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Well, <laughs> anyways, I was asking him what he thought of the Aaron Rodgers saga. Yeah, and he said, "I'll tell you this. He's so lucky he's doing this in Green Bay because even though he's bashed Green Bay for a year, he's talked bad about the town, everything." They'll boo him for the first quarter of the first game. But then once he throws his, his third first, touchdown. Yeah, his first touchdown, it's over. They're fine. Yeah. But like Marty said, he's so lucky that he's not. If, he's, if he was doing this in New York or Philly or Chicago, he the would have been gone. For sure. I mean, he imagine doing like Marty Morning was in Philadelphia for 11 years. Yes, right? he was. Imagine doing this in Philadelphia. First of all, the, the, the what people don't understand about those media markets is it's not just Philly giving it to you. It's exactly. Philly, New York, it's Boston, Boston yep. you know, Virginia. So, you know, oh, oh, you hear that in the background. You know what that means. That's the outro, folks. That's right. That means it's almost concert time. St. Paul and the Broken Bones tonight. Kettle House Amphitheater. Come say hi. If you see me there, I will be having a great time. I promise you that. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. We will be back in action 4 p.m. Monday. Montana Football Hour will lead the show. We'll have some great guests, share some interviews, everything in between. In the meantime, have a great weekend. Be safe. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.